I think we can get through this quick. You, we can't get through this quick. Are you crazy? Anyway, go ahead. Howdy, Susan May 33. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy! It's Thursday, June 1st, 2017, and this is episode 46 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. Uh, I'm Kyle Askin, joined as always by Craig Stone. What's going on, Craig? You had to think about that one for a second. Yeah, I've been thinking about changing it up. I listen to some other podcasts, and, you know, I could say I'm from Laurel, Maryland, and you're in Jersey City, Jersey, but Mm, I decided not to. I live in Hoboken now. Oh. You know, for a year. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Whatever. Those things are literally a mile apart, so <laughs> you can be forgiven being 200 miles away. Yeah. All the same to you. So, yeah, I've been thinking about doing that, so in case any of us, or we're ever somewhere exciting, which I don't know why we'd be recording if we were, but... Like a dateline? Yeah. No, I listen to some other podcasts, and they always say where they're at. So. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. We don't. It's not cool. <laughs> We're in two places, though. It's kind of we a... are in two different places. So, yeah. In case Good anyone thing. didn't know, that should come as a surprise to no one. Through the magic of the internet, we can do this from two different places. I bet. I think a lot of people that do multi-person podcasts do it together. Yeah, I think it's pretty common to also do it in two separate places. Yeah, for sure. We're not anyway. pioneers in this or anything. No, first podcast <laughs> ever. First one ever. Certainly not, you know. Have people in two different states. Hello, internet. Every other major podcast. Anyways, yes. let's actually go through some news. Get through all of the news we've been neglecting for the last three plus weeks. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's quite a bit. So anyway, let's just jump right into it. Uh, first, the most important piece of Atlantic City news I think that's come out in the last three weeks is, of course, that we are doing our Lucky Sunday meetup on June 11th. Uh, it's going to be at the deck at the Golden Nugget at 4 p.m., uh, so you should be there. I uh, hear they have beer and outdoor blackjack there. I don't know if we'll be playing the outdoor blackjack or not, but I'll definitely be having beer. Um, so we'd, we'd love to meet you and, and chat about uh, Atlantic City or whatever else you want to chat about, and we'll probably play some craps afterwards, so you should be there. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll just say if you're getting there after, say, 5.30 um, check the Twitter just to make sure we haven't taken it inside to a craps table so you don't right. show up at the deck wondering where the heck everybody is and feeling all sad and left out. Uh, we'll so, post on our Twitter. So you asked me on Gchat the other day if we should have a backup plan in case it rains. So uh-huh. should we have a backup plan in case it rains? Uh, I mean, I think just one of the bars in Golden Nugget, probably like uh, Rush Lounge, is probably the mm. easiest backup option. Um yeah, I think that's easy enough. Cool. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm pumped. I need a do-over trip badly after my last <laughs> trip, and I'm I'm excited to check out Golden Nuggets. Um, like Ed yeah. has obviously uh, said for since we started the podcast, I think that he really likes the deck and the outdoor space at at Golden Nugget. So mm. it'll be interesting to check that stuff out because all I've really spent any time at is the casino. And right, I mean, then, I think, not much. <laughs> I think for both of us, it is the casino that we have spent by far the least amount of time at. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something we've we've talked about that 
I think before the show started, we hadn't even been to Golden Nugget, right? Yeah, or any of its previous iterations right. of that building. It was for both of us the last casino we've we ever went to and it it was the first time at least for me was after the show started so yeah yeah definitely um but we'll see it on the 11th yeah so anyway if you want to meet up with us like uh craig said follow our twitter make sure we're there especially if it's raining and and if you're getting there late just make sure we'll tweet when we go find a craps table or whatever uh, if you want to get more info, it's on our website and also on the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Yeah, there's an event um, there now. So if you see that event, you can check in and say that you're going. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead. Have you booked a place to stay? Absolutely not. It was a rhetorical question. I knew that you have, would. <laughs> have, when, when do you think I'll, the last time I booked a, a place to stay before the week of a trip was? It's been a while, I think. Yeah, maybe when you've had like all the CET properties, Caesars properties comped, and yeah, you, you, and back and when I we knew were that a bunch of Caesars. other people were staying in Caesars or something, so I just booked Caesars. Yeah, and back when we like basically always stayed at Caesars, probably, yeah. which was a good two or three year span. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, back when we always stayed at Showboat. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, Do you? have a thought as to where you'll stay or are you just totally keeping it open even so as far as Marina so versus Borgata? for our listeners i don't know if we talked about this or not but you are staying at the borgata correct yeah we can get until to that. you come down with the stomach flu next week and okay. your brother cancels and then... yeah and i have to scramble to find a reservation somewhere else <laughs> yeah that's true so what we're saying is you should expect to see me at the meetup on june 11th and craig will be somewhere in atlantic city in a hotel room in a hotel room bathroom yeah for sure <laughs> probably at bally's um yeah Not so the forum tower hopefully right so i'm staying at borgata in a comp room thanks to my brother but um oh you got a comp yeah he was able to get a comp which is oh, impressive it, it never got under 119 for me like i think yeah. i i think i can get that room cheaper through my vegas than through my players I, club which I'm is kind of sure that I'll, I'll check right now but i'm sure that i mean i haven't been to borgata and or had put any significant play in Borgata in quite a while. So I'm sure I have nothing. Uh, um, but anyway, while I'm looking for that, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Since you're staying in Borgata, I'd say I wouldn't be shocked if I ended up staying at like Harrah's maybe. Yeah. Uh, I could always call Golden Nugget and see what kind of rate I get. I get emails from them, but the annoying thing about their emails is that they're always just like call and we'll tell you what your rates are. Yeah, call casino marketing. Just not useful to me. Yeah, one forty nine <laughs> for me at, at Borgata. Uh, I get change room choice at Borgata. It's like don't oh, really? you, can't, you can't book this. Yeah, who do you think you are? So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I stayed at Harrah's, but there's some chance that I could stay maybe at Trop, even though I always complain about it, but they still <laughs> give me really good comps even though yeah. I haven't been there in a couple of years. Yeah. Seems kind Which, of like, hard, honestly, but... if you think about it, there's no reason for them not to offer me a comp. They think I'm a good player just because I haven't been there. But Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Right. Well, anyway, what were you saying? Uh, well, I mean, we're going to do a sort of trip planning episode as our next episode, so should we just move on to yeah, the, yeah, I think, the board I think we news? can move on by, uh, you know, assuming we do our next episode probably a week from today, right? Uh, I would assume that I would already have a place booked by then. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. You should probably <laughs> have a place booked by then, Kyle. Eh. Yeah, probably. 
So anyway, a big piece of Atlantic City news is that the Borgata has announced the date that they are officially going to M-Life, and it is on June 7th, which is next Wednesday. So before we get there... um, So I don't remember exactly who it was that ended up announcing that on our Facebook group, but someone must work at the Borgata or have connections there because someone said that way before Borgata announced it in our Facebook group. Yeah. And it was totally out of left field and I looked for confirmation and couldn't find anything. Right. I mean, but (laughs) he was right on. So he obviously had a connection. So sorry, I don't remember who it was, but (laughs) and weeks later, Wayne Perry from the Associated Press posted in the Facebook group about it. And I was like, okay, I trust him. (laughs) Um, So that's the official word, but you want to talk about this a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot, just how it's sort of not necessarily the most welcome change um, now that people have seen what MGM is doing in Vegas and, and starting to see what MGM is doing at Borgata. Travelswork.com is following this pretty closely. They've posted a couple articles about it, so you can check there for updates. Uh, they did report that they're, they heard from a reliable source that you'll have 16 months to renew your M Life tier status after the switchover, so until... October of 2018, uh, instead of the standard 12, 12 month period. Uh, I think it was coach Kitty who wrote the article also suggested that Caesar's diamond matching could actually be an attempt to lure Borgata players who don't want to do the whole M life thing, which I think maybe makes some sense and would actually make some sense with the timeline of the Caesar's thing where everything sort of finishes in January. Um, but we'll know if they end up extending that. (laughs) longer and make more offers but i thought that was kind of interesting uh so anyway i i looked and it was tony who made the announcement initially on may 9th in our facebook group which was a full two weeks before wayne perry announced it so definitely had some sort of a connection and everything he says looks like it was right on um so thank you very much to tony uh i don't really have too many thoughts i mean it just it is what it is. I mean, I think we've talked about it plenty that, you know, I think a couple of years ago people were really excited about M Life and MGM coming in, but now it's a lot more lukewarm at best. So Yeah. I mean, we'll see what the changes they make. We've obviously talked about that on the show. We've talked we talked about it with Dr. Dave last episode. Um I mean I do think it's a very different market than than Vegas, so I think it's much more gambling focused. So they may find that things that they do in Vegas don't really work as well in Atlantic city, but I don't know. I mean, if they can get yeah. enough players who are say Borgata's the best, the nicest, I'm going to play there no matter what, then they're going to push a lot of those things. So we'll see what happens. Right. I don't, I don't think we really need to uh, say too much more about that. Cause I think we've already gone over that enough. So anyway, uh, bungalow beer garden, has been approved by the CRD DA and they're aiming to open on the, around the July 4th weekend. So, uh, it seems like you, you think that's a a bit of a quick turnaround. You want to talk a little (laughs) bit about that? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously only a little over a month away now. Uh, and they just got the CRDA approval within the last couple of weeks. So it's definitely, um, trying to push this thing fast. It was, you know, mid-May when they got the approval. So they're talking about basically a month and a half from approval to finishing the thing. Um, so I don't know if July 4th is going to happen. Obviously that's something they've said they're shooting for. What I hope it does not mean is that they're going to half-ass it just to get something open this summer. But 
I don't know, maybe there's really not a ton of construction that needs to be done for an outdoor beer garden. You know, it's kind of like build a kitchen, build a bar, put up some yeah. tables, right? Like, how I, much I is there? I can't imagine really? too much, you know, get some landscaping, put some bushes in. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be cool. I, I'd like to see what they do with it, and, and hopefully it's it's there quickly and is something cool to do on the boardwalk. Yeah. yeah uh, I don't have much else to say about that. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit. I think they still have a little bit of um administrative stuff they have to take care of like like uh, liquor licenses and food licenses right. and that kind of stuff but we'll still hold out hope that there's actually drinking allowed on the boardwalk this summer but it's already june so yeah seems unlikely probably not <laughs> yeah although that's one of those things that will pop up on an agenda all of a sudden and we'll be like oh hey that's back so <laughs> i don't know yeah it kind of is seems like that is how it is it just randomly comes up and then goes away yeah, although... Well, right now, though, it seems like the state is doing most of that stuff, so I don't know how much people are even really thinking about it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's a... I mean, there's not much incentive for the city council, like, as bad as it sounds, to necessarily try to do things to help the city out at this exact moment. Yeah, that's kind of a sad <laughs> state of affairs, right? Like, right. I mean, everybody's sort of waiting for the post-gubernatorial Yes, everyone's election. just waiting for for... Yeah the new governor to come in and hopefully just cancel this all before doing anything. Right. Whoever that governor may be. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about AC fan expo? Then yeah. News from them. So it, it seems like they've, they've come out with a lot of their weekends. You write nine of the 14 weekends are now have a theme. Um, and this last weekend was the first weekend. Did you see much about it on uh, Twitter or anything like that? I saw some posts on Twitter. I saw some stuff on their Facebook page with some pictures. Yeah, uh, I, I saw some pictures and stuff. I saw a couple people were, were talking about it, but I really didn't see too much specific. I mean, a couple people said they had fun. Yeah, I thought the land center looked really cool, like the way it was set up. It almost looked like it was basically a bar with some big TVs behind it where you could actually sit at the bar and play. Like it looks like they had the NES classic that you can't find anywhere. And they've now stopped production of, uh, they had that at one of the stations, they had various retro games at other tables. And then they had a couple rows of PCs set up where you could play PC games. And I actually thought that setup was really cool where it was almost like a bar atmosphere and you could just basically pick a table based on what you wanted to play. At least that's what it looked like to me. Uh, it definitely seemed like it was not hugely attended, just from what I could gather. But that, I don't think that would shock anybody who is running it. I don't think they're expecting giant turnout for week one. Uh, the one big thing that they've announced uh, after that fan preview based on the feedback they got is that they are going to move everything to the first floor. So when we had Sean Smith from uh, from AC Fan Expo on, he was talking about things being on the second floor. I think the land center was on the second floor. Um, it seems like they're going to move everything down to the first floor, which I'm assuming is mostly the casino floor. And also, I guess like house of blues, the old poker room, um, is all on the first floor of the showboat. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Cause obviously, you know, they put a lot of effort into setting up stuff <laughs> like on, on the second floor, especially the land center. And so now moving that all around seems like a lot of work, but hopefully that's a positive sign and not a sign that they're already drastically altering their plan with with new lower expectations i don't know what do you think 
I, I don't know. I mean, I just haven't heard enough about it. But I, I kind of the impressions I got from looking at it was it wasn't super highly attended. But like I said, the reviews I saw, it seemed like people that did go had fun. Um, I will say that this upcoming weekend uh, is also going to be free for basically everyone who lives in a state anywhere close to New Jersey, it looks like. So um, we'll see how, how how they do. I mean, you're, you're still planning on going next weekend, right? Yeah, I'm hoping to at least swing by. Um, so next weekend's Locals Weekend, and that's right, right, this, I mean the, this weekend is yeah. Locals Weekend. It's uh, yes. So like, I think if you're New Jersey, Maryland, New York, Pennsylvania, ideas, they'll let you in, Delaware, yeah. Yeah, they'll let you in for free. Uh, the following weekend's Board Game Weekend, which I'm not a board gamer, but I do at least want to go check it out and wander around uh you know i'm guessing you don't think you'll be there in time to do that before the the meetup i i just don't know i mean i i, I really really want to see it especially because you know like we've talked about in past episodes i've a decent amount of experience with conventions and stuff like this so i mean I, i'd like to see it to be able to talk about it but i i just don't know if i'm going to get there in time yeah i mean they've, so they've got other stuff announced that i'm interested in like they're doing uh nighttime movies outside i hope i hope that turns out to be something cool i mean i used to go to point pleasant all the time and they used to do that on some random weeknight like thursday nights or something outside uh and it you know it always draws a crowd and it's something that is this big thing on the beach that people are drawn to and they gravitate to uh i saw that they're showing back to the future one weekend and i was like oh i need to make a trip because i love back to the future but i can watch back to the future in my apartment (laughs) i guess (laughs) um yeah, go ahead. Uh, something else I will say is, e- even if I was getting there in time to go, I mean, just at other conventions that are Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is what this is, correct? It, it, they they are open on Fridays. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, stuff starts Sunday is always like completely dead, even at the biggest conventions. Like the conventions that totally sell out. Like what happens is three day Friday and Saturday always get sold out, and then there's tons of Sunday available, and just like all the vendors pack up super early and like even at like big very successful conventions sundays are kind of depressing so i wouldn't necessarily gauge how well you think it is doing or not doing when you go uh next sunday craig on what it looks like because sundays are completely different than friday and saturday yeah i agree i mean one of the things that i do find interesting is that they are doing shows movies on sunday night they are um doing a bunch of panels and stuff on Sundays. They do have that stuff scheduled. So it's not like they're just giving up on Sunday or like they're sort of calling it a wind down day or whatever, but that's definitely true. I expect the vendors um, will mostly be packing up and heading back to wherever they're going, especially, uh, you know, anybody who's not based really locally, but I'm interested to see it. I mean, I mostly just want to see the space and see how they've situated it and, and what they're doing with it. Obviously they're changing stuff after the first weekend, um, so just some of the themes that they've got uh, named so far are board games, like we said. They're doing a comic books and collectibles weekend, Game of Thrones, Pokemon, horror and B-movies, 80s heroes, anime. So just like very different nerd culture areas or geek culture areas. Uh, one of the things that they've started to announce is that it seems like just about every Saturday, I think, they're going to be doing uh, Mario Kart 8 I'm assuming deluxe on switch tournaments uh, and one, two switch tournaments. They're also doing some smash brothers tournaments. Uh, It'll be interesting to see as more of these sort of like couch multiplayer Nintendo games come out, if they do things like arms and Splatoon and all that stuff. So 
that I thought was really cool, and there's sort of this intense community of Nintendo fans, so it'd be interesting if they find these Mario Kart tournaments and come to play and kick everyone's ass at Mario Kart, but uh, hopefully that all works out for them. Yeah, um, yeah like, like I've said in the past, hopefully it's a big success. All right, so uh, the the April and the quarter one uh, kind of financial documents have have come out since the last time we talked about the news. Uh, uh, you want to talk about the, the the profit stuff because I will admit I have not looked at the profit documents because I'm more of a top line kind of guy. So yeah, so the um, Wayne Perry article that I'll link to in the show notes. Uh, from the Associated Press, basically runs down the mostly good news for Q1 that the the remaining seven casinos saw a 30% increase in gross operating profit, uh, which is like the EBITDA or whatever I think. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is this goes beyond just the gaming revenue, which is what we typically talk about, into you know what they're making on views and all that other stuff. This is more. I think a sign of the health of the actual resorts than maybe the gaming revenue is. Um, and I think sometimes with Atlantic city, like the focus is very much on the gaming revenue. Like anybody, anytime anybody talks about, uh, you know, they're half, they're getting half the gaming revenue that they were in 2007. Yeah, that's true. But you know, if they can recover that in other areas, that's just as good to them. Right. So it seems like they're doing pretty well. At least the remaining casinos are doing pretty well. Um, there are some downers to this, like Golden Nugget was actually down 7.7% um, from 2016's Q1, Harris was down 11.3%, Bally's was down 9, 19.9%. So we, we sort of talked about uh, Bally's and their struggles, and it, this seems to corroborate that quite a bit. I mean, down 19.9% over the course of three months in actual operating profit. I mean, we've talked about that their gaming revenue hasn't been that impressive, but um, obviously Borgata, highest operating profit of any of them, $61.4 million. Um, and, and just saying that Harris and Golden Nugget and Bally's were, were down from last year does not mean that they were losing money. Like they're still making – Harris made $23.7 million, uh, which is actually more than Caesars, even though Caesars I think was up. But uh, I don't think any of them were actually – none of them were losing money. So that's that's a good thing, but it's just you know a couple of them were making less than they were before. Uh, I don't. Do you have anything else on the the gross profit? I think you're more into the the casino revenue month by month. Right. Well, I'm not really worried if people's profits go up or down that much because some of it, so much of it's variable based on you know when they need to do take care of this or that or what they decide to do. So uh, yeah, I'm more of a revenues person. So. Uh, April revenue came came out. Um, I, I know one thing you mentioned is that Bally's revenues have not been great either. I mean, I'd actually say they've been pretty awful, given where they were back when we first started tracking this kind of stuff. Uh, right now, I mean, they're beating resorts every month, but that's it. So, I mean, that's just a, a far, far cry from, from where they used to be. Um, generally speaking, 2017 has been a better year than 2016 for almost everyone, but I mean, Bally's, it's, it's been worse basically yeah, they, every month. Yeah, and so. they were the only one that was down in Q1 in, in terms of revenue from the previous year. I mean, Harris was barely up, but, you mm-hmm. know, lots of casinos. Caesars was up 
big uh and trop was up big mm-hmm. and resorts was up big and then you know borgata and golden nugget were fine and so bally's for them to be down they were down again you know they're down five point something percent five point three percent in april 17 from april 16 so yeah i mean that kind of stuff is not uh <laughs> not ideal right yeah i mean so i mean that's kind of my my one big takeaway is uh yeah, Ballys has been doing poorly. Uh, April also wasn't a great month, which I think kind of looks concerning considering it was a five weekend month as well. So I think it was it was a five weekend month in but in 2016 also. That that is correct. So there were two kind of buts about April's results. Is that yes, it was also a five weekend month last year. So the fact that it was down month o- or year over year uh, isn't the most worrying thing in the world. And then the other kind of but is that Easter was in April this year, and I think Easter seems like a really bad weekend for the casinos, so I'm not super concerned. And and Easter was in March last year, I checked that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that it would be a lot of people have days off or whatever, but it seems like the rates right around Easter are actually pretty low. So Yeah, I mean, I was getting like comp offers for Easter weekend like out of the wazoo. Like even people who don't usually give me weekend comps were reaching out to me and saying I could come to the casino. So Yeah. Um so I, I suspect that was a lot of why April looked like a bad month, but we'll we'll see in May and June how things are going. So I mean Q one was a was a good quarter for the casinos. So yeah, I'm not going to worry about. I'm not. Too I'm much. not worried about April. Yeah, one one point. blip, and obviously, you know, June, July, August is where the real money is made. So that's where you really want to pay attention. <laughs> you know, if if Q two and the start of Q three are down or even are you know mostly steady or even a little down, like that's I think more concerning. Like you really want to see some gains in those, especially given that there's one less casino than there was last well, last year. So, I mean, the three big months that are actually May, July, and August may always beat June, I think. I think really? Memorial Day is just like a mammoth weekend for the casinos. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it does. I mean, June is actually like not that strong of a month, honestly. So that's not too surprising to me because like Jersey Shore in general, I don't think does all that great in June. It's really yeah. like a two-month town. It's, no, like well, ju- it's, July it's not and... just Jersey. I think all beach places like... Oh, I think like if you go further south, real summer price. No, like we go to Outer Banks every year, and like summer doesn't start until like the first week of July. That's like when the most expensive prices are. Yeah, I guess people don't get out of school until end of June. Yeah, it's like middle end of June for schools to let out, and I think people like the ocean tends to be kind of cold. Like, yeah, like unusably cold in June <laughs> as well. Yeah, certainly in New Jersey. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, those are those results and. Like I said, I'm not necessarily concerned about April. We'll see how, how May does. That'll be a much better bellwether of, of things. All right. So you want to talk about about skill-based gaming a bit? Yeah. Is this my, my forte, skill-based gaming? This is... <laughs> you love the Game Co. games. Love uh, them. I do not love them. Lo- um, love them. But... Cannot get enough. <laughs> You've been known to play eight-hour sessions of Nature Arena. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't have to see them at Caesars Properties anymore because they're gone. Um, so Nicholas Huba posted on Twitter from the uh, East Coast Gaming Congress that was in Atlantic City just this past week that Melissa Price, who's a senior vice president at Caesars, said they've removed all the GameCo machines, which we knew, uh, from the Caesars properties. What she did say 
that goes beyond that is that they did not make enough revenue to cover the vendor fees associated with them. And she called it a learning experience. She said the first wave of skill gaming was a learning experience. So those machines are Danger Arena and Pharaoh's Secret Temple. We talked about them in in some depth uh, in previous episodes. But uh, interesting that they did so poorly that they didn't even make the licensing fees back or vendor fees. Although the flip side of that is that they're still at TROP. And not only are they still at TROP, but TROP has brought in that basketball game that we've never played that we talked about a couple episodes ago. So TROP still has not given up on this and maybe seeing totally different numbers. I mean, I think TROP attracts a different clientele. I think they're very slot heavy. So I don't know if people are more interested. Maybe they place them in places that are more enticing. I don't know. But uh, I have a feeling that this generation, if you will, of of skill-based gaming is like these machines are not going not going to be long for casinos you know in in a year or two it's going to be totally other skill based machines i think caesar's I, th- I think they said they're not giving up on it I, I would be shocked if they're giving up on it but uh definitely not a good run for those game co machines no and i mean we both agreed and have talked about how they were just bad and not fun and yeah, and, and not just bad games, but the payout structure was bad. I mean, they were really bad games. Like, let me not downplay how, how bad they were designed and executed. But uh, the payout structure, I think, made it very hard to make a fun game that, that kept you there and made you keep wanting to play. Because mm-hmm. you might as well just go to an arcade at that point. No, it just wasn't good. So yeah. I'm not sorry to see them go. I mean... No, not at all. So they are still a trap, like you said. I don't, I don't know if they are doing a bit better there. I mean, it, it is definitely a younger demographic than CET. I'd say, like one hundred percent, absolutely. Um, so maybe people like them a bit more, but I mean, or or they could just be, you know, something that's breaking even for them, maybe, and they're not super concerned about switching them out because it might be drawing some people there, considering it's the only place that they are in Atlantic City right now. Yeah, or they may just be riding it out and seeing where it goes. <laughs> yeah. Knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too much else to say to you. No, I think we can move on to sort of the big hotel whatever development news that we have a few stories on. Right. So I guess kind of uh, a real big one that I believe uh, Route 40 broke, our, our friends uh, Bill and Eleanor. Uh, about the Chelsea and how uh, Carl Icahn has bought it. And so the Chelsea is a, it was kind of a boutique hotel, I guess, uh, down right across the street from Tropicana. And it closed unbeknownst to both of us. Not even on our radar. Right. Um, Because it was something that you had talked about. I remember when we were first starting to go five or six years ago, you talked about maybe trying to stay at the Chelsea or something at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, they ran a lot of Groupons um, for for really cheap rooms. And so when I first started going, obviously, I wasn't really getting much from any of the casinos because I didn't have a play history. So I had looked at maybe doing a Groupon. The reviews I read basically said, you're going to end up in the annex, and that's a total shithole, so don't do it. So mm-hmm. I never stayed there. I mean, we did eat at Teplitsky's, we being my wife and I, not, not you and I. Um, and I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was anything to write home about. I liked the lobby. People seem to really like the main property, not the annex. But uh, 
yeah, I was surprised to hear it closed and not only that it closed, but that it had closed in December <laughs> and put up a sign saying that it was going to open sometime after President's Day and then just never did. Uh, mm. And it just like nobody talked about it. It didn't seem like I mean, maybe locally people talked about it, but it didn't really register on our on our Twitter feed or in the Facebook group. So I feel like that's kind of a bad sign for <laughs> for them. <laughs> you know, I think mm. that's a pretty damning uh, anecdote about their struggles that nobody even really seemed to mention it or bring it up, but turns out that Carl Icahn bought it. So, uh, and, and what, what's written in this article on RT40.com, RTFORTY.com by Eleanor is that, uh, potentially could be a better fit for Carl Icahn because, it's so close to the Tropicana. It could be something like extra rooms. They could build a walkway between between the properties and, and make it even bigger than it already is, the Trop. So uh, I thought that was interesting. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about a mega Trop Chelsea property? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, it, you know, I've never stayed at the Chelsea, so I can't speak to the quality of the rooms there or how much renovation would be needed to make it you know, usable and acceptable for, for the Tropicana though, given some of my room experiences in the past, it seems like it doesn't need to be that nice to be a Tropicana <laughs> hotel room. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Trop is doing incredible and you know, they're probably like to me, the big success story from the last 18 months, which is partially held up a lot by the closing of the Taj, I think. And a lot of those players probably went to the Trop given that, that, they were run by the same person who had access to the marketing materials and was hopefully able to convert a lot of the Taj players into drop players. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think they're probably have been the most successful casino in the last 18 months, you know, taking into account where they started from. Of course, the Borg is always the most successful casino in Atlantic city, but, uh, it's, it's certainly possible that it's a good idea to get some more hotel rooms and hook them up to the trap. Yeah. It seems like the trap is filling up a lot of weekends so um you know even off season so probably makes sense to get more capacity um i mean it's a little sad for me you know even though i never stayed in chelsea i feel like it was something different and and marketing toward a different audience than the casino properties are and i thought they had kind of a neat sort of shtick i guess not really a shtick but like i won't say that it was themed but it definitely tried to sort of be this hip boutique thing, almost like Cosmo in Vegas, but on a really, really small scale. Um, and obviously couldn't really do all the things that Cosmo does with their hundreds of millions of dollars of investment or probably more than a billion dollars of investment. Mm -hmm. But uh, I get the feeling that they were really waiting on legislation that would have allowed them to open a small casino um, because the law is that you have to have 500 rooms. They don't. And, when Ta when Taj when Hard Rock was initially talking about coming into Atlantic City, uh, not initially, but another one of their recent <laughs> forays into mm -hmm. coming to Atlantic City, legislation yeah was the proposed. Albany Avenue property yeah like legislation was proposed that would have allowed two properties under 500 rooms. One of them would have to expand to beyond 500 rooms within I don't know a year or two, and the other would not. And that was specifically written for Hard Rock's new property and the Chelsea and it just failed. I mean, I think the, the existing casinos were totally opposed to it. Obviously they don't want that competition. Um, and it 
so it got tabled and it never happened. And I think Chelsea was kind of dangling in the breeze, hoping for this for a very long time and it never came through. So, uh, I'm going to guess that's kind of in the long term what did them in. I think they were pretty leveraged from the beginning, at least from what I understood. So they were probably in a tough spot from the very start, but I mean, they had a, a decent run. I mean, it's not like they were only there for a couple of years. It was, uh, I forget the exact opening date, but 2006 or something like that. Um, so yeah, uh, sad to see it go. Hopefully Icon does something with it rather than sitting on it. Although we've certainly seen his willingness yeah. to do that. I, I, I know right when, when Eleanor broke the story and posted it on our group, my, my comment was if it was any other, kind of operator of a casino in Atlantic city bought it and it was right next to their casino. It'd be a no brainer. Like this is going to be more hotel rooms for that casino. But given that it's Carl icon, uh, you never know. So you certainly could just sit on it and do nothing with it for 10 years. Yeah. It's going to be whatever makes Carl icon the most money possible. So, uh, the ropes course that we, have mentioned many times at Revel, kind of as a sign that like, Hey, look, Glenn Straub like really wants to open this thing. He's put money into it is no longer there. And, um, there hasn't been really any news or anything from the Revel that came out about why it's gone or anything about from the Revel just in general in the last few months. So, um, what's going on? Is this as bad of a sign as it looks? Uh, I mean, we don't really know. There, uh, Nicholas Huba tweeted about this. I'll post it in in the show notes. Basically just saying, hey, the ropes course is gone. And so the ropes course was, I think, down in the, like, right around the valet parking area, or, like, where you drive through to get valet parking. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I guess there were some concerns about the traffic impact. I mean, there were definitely concerns that the CRDA had about the traffic impact and just wanted a report from, from Polo North, who, which is Glenn Straub's company. And we never really heard anything more about it. So Mark C in the Facebook group mentioned, uh, brought up the point that it's possible that the CRDA said like, hell no, you can't do this. Like you can't put this thing in the middle of the street <laughs> and he had to take it out. So, so Mark, uh, was actually proposing that this is a good sign that they're moving towards opening because they're getting rid of something that maybe was not feasible for mm-hmm. their their CRDA approval process. Um, I mean, my initial reaction was certainly like, oh, shit, like this is the beginning of the end. He's stripping this thing out and he's going to sell it or do whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's almost more likely that it's the other thing, that it's that it got... Um, didn't get approved, failed to get approved, and that he took it out. I don't know that that's actually a sign that he's pushing toward opening, or if it's just totally neutral that like that thing had to go, so it's gone, and that doesn't mean he's any closer to opening, but he just knew that the writing was on the wall for that thing, so it's gone. But uh, it's a little weird. It's definitely weird that he pumped money into this thing and talked about this obstacle course and ropes course and paid money to put the thing in almost a year ago now, I guess. And now it's gone. I mean, the whole situation has been weird for the last, that's a good point. 
three years. So Yeah, and we've heard nothing else about it. So there's been no update about it. We don't know what the deal is. No comment from Straub or from anyone yep. at Polo North or 10. So I don't know. Who knows? We'll, it'll I, be I think I owe you where... a beer. It's, it is June 1st. <laughs> June 1st. Uh, it is not open. Yeah, today's the day. It is the day. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. I mean, for the time being, you can still put in the show notes of every episode, Revel. Still not open. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. We haven't. I mean, he mentioned June 15th. Obviously, that's not happening. It's two weeks from today. I don't know. I mean, the the licensing thing, until he makes movement on that, I just don't see this thing getting anywhere. Yep. All right. So Hard Rock. Good Uh, news. More uh, better news. Yeah. So actually moving toward opening. Yeah. At the. uh, whatever east coast gaming conference or uh oh congress <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because you know just has to sound as pretentious as possible uh, the the hard rock execs were there and and they talked about how they're actually going to be putting way more money into the property than even they initially thought uh basically to make it look like a cool rock and roll place and not the Taj. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, th- this was a lot of the last episode of the Press from Atlantic City's podcast. They talked a, a decent bit about this, which I-, I don't know if we've recommended it on the show yet, but it's definitely worth listening to. They tend to be about 15 minutes and and it's good information about the city. It's so called The I Atlantic will... City Story. It's very yes. Good. I-, I will recommend it. Um. Yeah, but but anyway, Jim Allen came out and said that it's probably going to the whole project instead of the what three hundred million that they initially said is probably going to be closer to five hundred million. Yeah, so it was initially I think three hundred million purchase and renovation, and yeah. then I think it was three seventy five just renovation, and now they're talking about five hundred million just renovation. So they're pumping a ton of money into this thing. Uh, it does make you wonder at some point, like, couldn't you have built something from scratch <laughs> for mm. that amount of money? But uh, the answer is probably no, because it seems like giant casino resorts, you're not getting in the door for less than a billion dollars. But uh, what he specifically said is that every nook and cranny of that place is themed in Taj Mahal, like minarets and domes and very purple. And which purple, I think, is one of Hard Rock's main colors. But anyways, uh, he... he kind of laughed about that and and how they didn't realize how much it was going to cost to get rid of the theming. I asked uh, Nicholas Hubo on Twitter, who who wrote the article about this, um, whether or not this was inside and out or if they're just totally redoing the casino. Because my initial assumption was that they were going to gut the casino, gut all the rooms. I think even the hallways to the rooms were like had these arches shaped like the, the Taj which is crazy. Uh, or if they're actually going to get rid of all the domes and everything outside. And he said, he thinks you will never know that it was the Taj at the end of the thing. Like that's the feeling he got from Jim Allen, who's the chairman of, of hard rock. So uh, I don't know. Are you excited about that? Are you, do you feel any tinge of sadness that there will no longer be this giant iconic Taj Mahal thing up at that end of the boardwalk? Uh, no, I don't think I'll be that sad. Um, I mean, it, it, it does lose something, but we have to go onward, I guess. And change is just a part of that. So 
I think it'll be good, uh, especially if it ends up being better for the city for them to do this, which, I mean, I assume that more dollars into it generally means a better outcome for the city. So I'm all for it. I can't imagine how it's not an upgrade. Right. Uh, I, I'll definitely, as someone who was only even in the Taj maybe three or four times and spent almost no time there, I don't know if I ever gambled there, Uh it, I'm going to feel a weird nostalgia for it suddenly when they start taking it apart, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, because you always saw it, right? It was always there in this big thing. Although for a decent chunk of my time going, it was in dire need of a paint job and kind of looked like shit. Uh, I thought Icon at least put some money into it and painted things outside and made it look decent, which is kind of sad, but that, mm-hmm. that now it's gone. But yeah, I mean, uh, the flip side is I'm totally excited about seeing, you know, a giant guitar outside of the thing, which I'm assuming will be there. Maybe that's not a safe assumption, but that would certainly be the hard rock branding. Uh, I expect it's going to be cooler and nicer looking than it is now. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do with it. And I hope that it's something totally new and different looking and gets people looking up at that portion of the boardwalk and saying, Oh yeah, I need to go check that out. Like that's someplace I need to go see, uh, which, the Taj was certainly 25 years ago. <laughs> I don't know about so much in 2016 before it closed. So good to get some new stuff there. Yep. Um, all right. So today uh, yeah. there was a big announcement in Atlantic city. Chris Christie had a press conference, uh, basically just saying that, uh, basic people are making more and more investments in Atlantic city basically because he's doing so great of a job. Um, But one of the things was that Caesars and MGMs are going to try to work together to jointly develop a new property in Atlantic City, which is still just as confusing to you as it is to everyone else. Uh, There were no details given other than that an announcement was going to come later. But uh, what the hell, man? Yeah, I have, I have no idea what to make of this. Nicholas Huba and Amy S. Rosenberg were both live tweeting from this press conference that was in Trenton. And Christie basically said, you know, these companies are so happy about our job that we're doing with responsible governance of the city that they're now working together to build, to do some sort of development, uh, to develop a new property. Which, like, I have so many questions about this because just none of it makes any sense. I, I wanted to find some, and lots of people did, tweeted at, at Amy S. Rosenberg and, and Nicholas Huba saying, like, what? How? What is this thing? And they both said, like, that's it. Like, that's all he said. New property, working together, that's it. More to come later. And, and I just, I'm so incredulous <laughs> of this. Like, I can't see how it works. I don't see why Caesars would have any interest at all in this because they've already got three properties. Like we said, Bally's is not doing great. I would be. I would think they'd be more interested in pulling back their properties in Atlantic City. I mean, their executive team has said like they're disappointed with how Atlantic City, their Atlantic City properties are doing, and right. and the market how the market's been for them. I mean, yeah, and that's this isn't a new thing. I mean, Gary Loveman, who's been out of a job for three years or something, was saying that Atlantic City was not doing well for him, and and as we just talked about, I mean. He, Caesars, like the whole CET enterprise has definitely been like by far an underperformer during this kind of recovery that's been going on now. Yeah. And meanwhile, MGM has, has just moved in 
with full ownership of Borgata. Obviously, they've been here for a long time as a half owner of Borgata. They mm-hmm. had big plans to build the MGM Grand in the marina, but like with Hard Rock coming, with 10 supposedly opening at some point, it seems so weird to me that they would be pushing for some big investment for a ninth property. And these two companies specifically working together on something seems incredibly unlikely to me. Mm -hmm. Like they've never done it right. That we know of. Not that I can think of. So I don't know what, like what do you think? Like where would this new property go? Does MGM still own the track of land between, uh, Borgata and Harris? I don't know how much of it they own. Jim Murren, who's the CEO of MGM, was very happy to talk about how much they own around Borgata and mm-hmm. how there is potential there for very long-term development. Uh, I guess – I don't know. I mean I guess I, – I would assume Marina. Like I, it just has to be. And, uh, and, I mean that's that's what I would think is, is it kind of makes sense to try to link those two properties a bit more. And and that's where the the original huge MGM Mega Resort was going to go in that space between Borgata and Harrah's. Is it possible that this thing's not going to be a casino? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, why would they? Why would you build a hotel in Atlantic City that's not a casino? Yeah, I just. That I mean, that makes it doesn't make a lot of sense to open a, maybe a new Mega Resort in Atlantic City, but it makes even less sense to do something else. Right. I mean, the thing that I just don't understand is right there, Borgata is a mega resort. Mm-hmm. Harrah's is Caesar's closest thing to a mega resort. You've got on the boardwalk, Hard Rock is going to open very renovated, what will probably be more of a mega resort than Taj was. And Revel slash 10 is a mega resort if it can ever open. Like This market has shown that they can't support this. <laughs> And as much as I want to be optimistic, I just don't see how this makes any sense. So, I'm, But what I'll say is I love it. I, I'm enjoying the totally baseless speculation about like what this thing's going to be, where it's going to go, what the hell brings MGM and Caesars, who are the chief competitors against each other in right. sort of national international. Well, Caesars, I don't think, has much international, but certainly in the yes. U.S. gaming scene. They missed um, that boat. Well, one thing I'll say about Caesars is that they have mostly missed the boat on expanding their outside of Atlantic City and, I mean, their sort of East Coast gaming, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't get in on Maryland or Massachusetts or Uh, Delaware or any of these other areas. I mean, they obviously have a ton of properties in the United States. They are in Maryland? Oh, duh. Horseshoes there. Yeah, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) So ignore everything I just said. (laughs) Yes, they clearly they do have horseshoe, and they have a ton of properties in the United States. So just ignore all that. Um, I mean, I think like their their big failing was was that they did not get into Macau when they had the opportunity to. And I I think if you listen to interviews with Gary Loveman, which you know was a thing I used to do quite a bit, uh, he, he he admits that that was his single biggest failure. You know back this was when he was still CEO that that was just the, the biggest failure he had at Caesars was not getting them into Macau when he had the opportunity to, cause he said it didn't, the numbers didn't look like they made sense, but then Macau exploded. So yeah, they're a very domestic company. 
Um, yes. I can't get over how dumb my comment was, though. I have to go back to this because they do also have Harris in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And a bunch in North Carolina. And yeah. Awesome. Two in North Carolina. Yeah. I don't even know what I was thinking, but I'm going to totally leave that in because that's just great. Yeah. Uh, like yeah two, I don't two know. Ohio, maybe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wynn has been slow. Arguably, MGM has been the latecomer to yes. East Coast Gaming. Uh, yes. Anyways. Given that they just got into Atlantic City and Maryland, you know a year ago for both of them. Right. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see, I have a feeling that when this announcement comes out, it's going to be some bullshit and we're going to be like, Oh, that's it. Like, it's not going to be some mega resort. It's not going to be, that's, this is totally just me trying to make sense of the fact that this makes no sense. I, I'm wondering if, like, a property, if he's using the word property in some, like, vague way, that this thing is not what we think it is. I mean, it'd be cool if there was a big resort between Harris and Borgata. That's what I'll hold out hope for, but we'll just have to see. I mean, we're just, me and you are just widely speculating now, so. Yeah, but that's fun to do. Uh, It doesn't get us wrapped up in any reasonable amount of time, but. Yeah. All right, we we can move on. I think our, our last piece of news, which is something you probably can talk about a bit more than me. Uh, given you run the Twitter side of things and, and have interacted with him a bit more, is you know uh, probably a week or two ago, Christian Hattrick announced that he was leaving his job at the Press of Atlantic City to go to Observer NJ and I think cover the State House in Trenton, correct? Right. So he covered the State House for the Press of mm-hmm. Atlantic City. Um, he, you know, he's been kind of a staple of of our podcast. We've mentioned him many times and certainly followed his coverage on Twitter, his, his articles in press of Atlantic city. I mean, presumably he'll still be covering Atlantic city, at least in some capacity. It seems like it's not going to be his main beat really. Cause he's going to probably be covering more general Trenton topics for, uh, observer NJ. But, uh, yesterday was his last day. So sad to see him go very glad for all the things that he has provided. Um, I think I've said this on previous podcasts, but you know, this podcast does not exist if not for people like him and Nicholas Huba and Wayne Perry and Amy S. Rosenberg and, and, and Bill and Eleanor uh, at Route 40 and the people who really go and do the reporting in Atlantic City because we are right. not there to do the We're reporting. certainly not doing that. Right. Like their reporting is what gives us something to make baseless speculation about. Um, That's right. And, and come and shoot the shit for an hour. Uh, so very thankful to, to all those people and, and certainly thankful for Christian and all the work that he's put in. And hopefully he does very well at observer. I'm sure he will. So sad yeah. to see him go, but happy to see him getting new opportunities. Yeah. Cool. So I, I will say I have a, an announcement while you were chatting. I went to the total rewards website and looked at my rates and checked Harris out, which I said, I thought I might book and then did not book it. Cause only, uh, Harbor and Brianna Towers were open, and I'm like, f that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need <laughs> I better, can do better than, that. than that. I can hold out for for Bayview or Waterfront, maybe. Yeah. Although I could just book it and then do the twenty dollar sandwich. Yeah, good chance you'd get upgraded. Upgraded. Oh, you're two, doing two nights stay there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Sunday you'd probably Monday. get it upgraded, but Sunday and Monday. Good chance you'd get upgraded early June. Yeah. Probably a pretty good chance. So, but I did not book, but I think if I had waterfront or Bayview available, I would have, but alas. Yeah. So you'll have to tune in next week to find out where I'm staying. Cliffhanger. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't know how you're going to survive for the next week wondering where Kyle (laughs) is going to book his hotel room. I mean, 
I'm living it, and I'm probably not going to book until next Thursday, so that's <laughs> yeah. when I'll find out, too. Yeah, Thursday at 8.58 with yeah. me on Skype. No, I will book it at, like, 10 o'clock in the middle of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you were checking your rates this episode. That's right. Yeah. And my workout rates, which were quite high. Yeah. All right. Were high. Anything else you want to talk about? I think we kind of got through that relatively speedily. Yeah, that was that was tidy for having three pages worth of notes about various news topics. And and Paul will be excited that we are once again talking about how long the episode took. So <laughs> I think we can we can finish up on that. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So if you want to join us, our our chatter in our Facebook group, it's facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, it remains a, a great place to find out stuff about Atlantic City. Um, if you have any questions about anything Atlantic City or gambling related, there's always lots of smart people to answer your questions. And also Craig and I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can check out our content at doforwin.com. Uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and YouTube. Right, Craig? Sure, I'll keep doing it. Why not? I don't think All we're right. getting any more than, you know, eight. Uh, I think we got more last episode than we had been getting, which is like 15 or something. But <laughs> every listener counts. I'll take it. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter at do for a win or send questions to our email address at do for a win at gmail.com. Uh, any last words? No, just if you're planning to make it to the Lucky, Lucky Sunday, Sunday. Meetup, yeah, you should... Either let us know on Twitter or go check in to the event in the Facebook group. I also posted a poll on Facebook before I realized that I could just create an event. So if you see that poll, you can also answer the poll. Uh, seems like we've got, I don't know, maybe eight or nine so far. I'm assuming we'll get significantly more than that just based on previous attendance. But uh, Yeah, it does kind of seem like more people always show up than say they're going to. But that's fine. Yeah, Sh- show no, up. that's fine. Just yeah. show up. You don't have to tell us. I don't yeah. care. I'll buy you a beer. Is that a promise? We talked last time and that was maybe not a promise. Now are you committed? No, there's like a star that says if you answer my trivia questions correctly. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, may, maybe questions. it should be like, uh, you know, the, the Canadian sweepstakes. Oh, you have to answer. There, there will be a math question. problem. Yeah. And if you don't get it right, you do not get the beer. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You're going to make it really hard because you're yeah. a math person. I am a math major. so It should be... It can be like if you bet $12 on yeah. the six, if you place $12 on the six, what would your payout be? And so I you're, you're definitely not getting a beer is what yeah. you're saying. Great. <laughs> no, I do know that now. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We're, we're going to come out with an episode next week at this time to, to talk about all the final plans we have for next weekend. And, and we hope to, to see you in Atlantic City. And if not, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. And, and best of luck at the casinos. I mean, I don't really have anything to say about any of this, right? I think that's like, just, that's the whole episode. I don't have anything to say about any of this. Closing, <laughs> just end, closing end, credits. This, end the entire show like that. Yeah, and just put up the show notes. <laughs> Five second episode. No, just end the sh- this will be our last episode. Just have it <laughs> six seconds. Yeah. And never, no one ever hears from us again.